Times. I'm Catherine. And I'm Matthew. And this week we answer your questions and talk about our love affair with sailors. I mean, I think it's pretty well known that we both have a little bit of a sailor problem. We do have a little bit of a sailor problem. How are you, Catherine? I'm doing well. How are you, Matthew? I am great. What you drinking? I'm glad. I am drinking liquid death. It is a sparkling water that is guaranteed to murder your thirst. Interesting. It's it's an unflavored sparkling water, but it comes in a can. Yeah. No, you've told me about it before. I just... It's very bold marketing for water, so... <laughs> it's very metal. <laughs> I feel like it should be... I feel like it. its competition is like four locos, but it's water, yeah. <laughs> so... Like, in a store, Definitely. if I read just Liquid Death, I'd be like, oh, this is enough caffeine to kill a horse, so, like, I should probably avoid it. They should but maybe, it's just water. They should maybe consider their branding. I think they do it on purpose. Maybe so. They actually, like, use all the horrible comments on their posts as, like, advertising. Like, don't buy this. It's terrible. Interesting. What a waste of money. <laughs> their marketing is very odd. <laughs> I dig it. What are you drinking? I am drinking Corner Creek Reserve bourbon. It's one that I had never heard of before, and a friend of mine was selling off some of his bourbon collection um, and switching to scotch. So I bought some bourbon from him, and he threw in that bottle for me, and it's been a great bottle. I've enjoyed it. So I'm about done with it. That's neat. Yeah. Um, I had two glasses of wine with my friend last night and felt so terrible today that I just don't think I do booze very much anymore. <laughs> You're an old lady. I'm an old lady. You're a career woman now. You you can't be out drinking all night like your college <laughs> I'm a days. Career woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, kind of. It's what happens when we get older, isn't it? Yeah, you got four kids at home and full-time job. <laughs> Single parent. <laughs> Single parent. <laughs> <laughs> If you hear my kids screaming in the background, I'm definitely not going to edit it out this month, this week either. Yeah, no. So. I mean, hopefully my dog won't bark. She's been a little on edge tonight, so weaning her off of her Prozac, so we're getting used to that. To see if it'll stick or not? Yeah, I think she'll be all right. She's, she's getting I hope. Her, so. She's cute, so that works out. Yeah, works out. So you want to answer so we some wanna... questions from some folks? Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. We um, solicited some questions and got some before we started soliciting them, and we thought we'd answer those before getting into some uh, talking points we wanted to kind of chat about. You want to kick us off? Sure. So friend of the show, David Wolanski, um, is a, a guy that periodically we chat on, on Instagram, actually, and sent me a really interesting question, and he said, without pen shows or stationary shops to fondle a pen... Which I love that he said fondle. It's amazing. How do we deal with guessing whether or not a $200 pen is going to feel right in our hands before ordering one? Not sure about buying and returning if it's not a good fit. I love this question because, I mean, that's super hard, right? Because, like, a lot of us depended on pen shows to feel those high-end things to know if it's really something we wanted. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, I don't live anywhere near a stationary shop. I think, um, 
up until recently, the closest one to me was, you know, four or five hours away. Um, now the closest one is in Greenville, South Carolina. But, you know, with all this COVID stuff going on, I'm not sure if they're open. Uh, they could be. Um, I've never been to their shop. But still, you know, driving three hours or three and a half hours one way and back again just to try a pen, you know, it's a little, it's a little weird. Um, it's a mm-hmm. little much, especially if it's one that you're, you know, that you don't end up buying. So it's kind of a wasted trip. I mean, I guess no trip to a stationary store is a wasted trip, but, um, but yeah, so, um, I've done this a couple of times where I've loaned out pens. So if you have a good mm-hmm. friend in the pen community that's willing to ship, um, you know, I will typically, ship a pen to someone, let them keep it for a couple of weeks. Actually, my Kasama is out right now being borrowed um, by my friend Nathan. So he's, he's got my Kasama. Uh, I wanted to, he wanted to check it out before he shelled out for it. Um, and apparently he's on their list to buy one on their next yeah, run. Of course. Um, you know, and, and all I ask when, when I do something like that is for them just to pay return shipping and insure it when it comes back. So you know, that's a great way. Um, so if you see somebody has got a pen, you know, you can always ask to borrow or, um, if you're on Instagram or any of the pen forums or Slack or, or whatever, you know, just reaching out saying, Hey, I'm interested in such and such pen. If anyone has one, they'd be willing to loan me. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely pay shipping. Um, you know, it's a small price to pay to be able to try out a very expensive pen. Um, because I don't know that returning a pen is actually even a feasible thing. I mean, I don't know. Do they allow you to return pens if you've inked them? I think so. I don't think you can ink them. Right. But I think if you got a pen and, like, felt it and went, oh, yeah, no, I don't like this, I think most of the retailers would probably re- re- accept that back. I mean, sure. I, don't, I don't think if you're iffy about it, you should ink it. I mean, and that's definitely been something I've had happen where I've gotten a pen and held it and immediately knew it wasn't for me. And then there's been some that I've inked and used and ultimately decided not to, and those are the ones that I sold. Right. Um, And I would say, you know, if you really can't get somebody to loan it to you, you know, seeing as many pictures as you can of it, like, you know, compared to other pens you know. That's the big one, I think, is comparing it to other pens that you know. Um, You know, dimensions don't do anything for me. So if someone says, oh, this pen's 115 millimeters long and it weighs 17 grams, I I don't know what that means. I mean, I can pull out a set of calipers and open it to 117 millimeters, but holding a pen in your hand that's that's that size and then looking at Mm -hmm. a straight line on a piece of paper that's that size are are two very, very different things. Yeah, Um, I think what I've done a lot for people is I will take a picture of a pen that they're interested in next to... You know, I'll say, well, which pens do you already have? And I'll pull those out and, you know, like a Lamy 2000 and a Vanishing Point and an Eco, like a Twisby Eco or something, and stick those all next to each other and put the pen there and show it capped, uncapped, posted, you know, comparison of, of it in my hand of me holding that. And then kind of give just a rough estimate of like, this is pretty heavy. It's equivalent to like maybe this pen or this is a pretty light pen. Just so that you can kind of get a feel, and I mean feel with like air quotes, of how the pen may be sizing. Because that's something I find like I can't um, overestimate how important size is to me. And I've, I've become more sensitive to the size of a pen over the course of my collecting for sure. And so that is like the most helpful for me if, if I'm not able to try it out in person. Right. Yeah. So... I don't know. Those are my recommendations. Yeah, hope that helps, David. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. 
We want to know what your pen is that you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, because if we have one, maybe we can maybe we can send it your way. Um, I'm afraid of all shipping. I've had so much drama with USPS, UPS, and FedEx this week. I'm like over it. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. So our second question um, comes from Jonathan Brooks, very, very good friend of the show. Uh, Carolina hey Pen Company, for those of you that don't know. Uh, Jonathan says, what are some inks you love to use for art, but absolutely hate to use for writing? This one's so easy. Base State Blue. Oh, no, I love Base State Blue for writing. It's a beautiful color. It's a beautiful ink. (laughs) I love Base State Blue. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, you go into it knowing it's going to ruin your house if you spill it and that you have to just tear the house down and rebuild it. But like, (laughs) it's a phenomenally beautiful blue. It's like just such a good ink. Um, shimmer inks, shimmer or extreme shading, pastel-y kind of inks, but mostly shimmer inks. I'll use them in like folded nib and, um, my modified parallels, but I don't like them in any standard pen to write with. Um, Mm -hmm. so like the, the Jerbon, whatever, stormy gray or whatever that crap is that's got all the gold fleck in it. Like it's stormy gray. It is beautiful in one of my modified parallels i have it in one right now and it's beautiful but ugh, it is a pain in the ass to get out of that pen yeah it's hard to clean i think for you know for you you your version of art is mostly lately at least has been folded nib I like to use inks in art when I do it. I'm, for folded nib, I just use my noodlers because I strongly oppose new like using noodlers any other way. But I have um, the, what is it? Black Swan in Australian Roses mm-hmm. and Apache Sunset, and they're amazing for folded nib, but I hate using them in a fountain pen. Yeah. Um, but I uh, really like a lot of the really water-soluble shading inks to use with like a water brush in art but i like to write with those inks too so those for me, are, for me it's you know, the, sh- I, the shimmery stuff i don't like the shimmer i don't like the shimmer either but that's a across the board problem i think for me <laughs> okay Kristen asks what is your favorite ink color something you have bought more than one time i mean this is easy for me <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> I have five bottles of Mont Blanc Psychedelic Purple. The Beatles ink? The Beatles. It is... It's a great purple. It's so good. And I actually think I may prefer the Ackerman number 14, I think. The Park Pop Popper Purper. Park Pop Purper. Oh, jeez. The purple one that's very similar to um, Psychedelic Purple. It's... Psychedelic Purple is a little bit more warm-toned, but the Ackerman is not limited, so I just have one bottle of that, but I adore it. But the the Psychedelic Purple is limited edition, and it's eventually going to run out. So when I bought the first bottle and fell in love, I got a second bottle. And then recently, the Fountain Pen Hospital had them on sale for like $29 a bottle. So I went ham and I bought three more. Yeah, it's a hard ink to find. It was expensive for a while, like on eBay and stuff, and I think some more it's stock f- maybe surfaced. So, yeah, I mean, I I love that ink, but like, come on, Mont Blanc, forty three dollars for fifty mils. I have a bottle it's of cr- it. It was beautiful. I just I don't use it a ton because it's so expensive, and I couldn't find it anymore. So, yeah, well, I think you know someone who has a stockpile that'll literally last for years. I'll give her a call if I run out. Yeah, I think you know where she lives. <laughs> 
No easy. Yeah. So for me, uh, as boring as it is, uh, Iroshizuku Takesumi. It's such a good black. It's just well behaved. It's easy to clean out of pens. Um, I mean, I use a lot of different colored inks, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm a black ink guy, and um, Takesumi is my favorite ink to date. So. It's kind of a no fuss, no nonsense, easy to clean, water soluble ink. You know, it's not permanent. I'm not doing anything where I need bulletproof inks anyway. Um, you know, I'm not writing checks or doing accounting, um, writing sensitive information. So, uh, Takisumi is just where I sort of settled, and it's actually a really beautiful ink to do lettering with because mm-hmm. it does shade a little bit and it has a little um, red sheen. Kind of a yeah, it's it's really nice. I, I I like that ink a lot, so I use it a good bit. And oh, I, yeah, I, think I, I'm on, I think I'm on my third bottle of it. So Nice. Yeah. I think my one I would buy multiple times. Um, I actually fell in love with uh, Lisa Van Ness did an Inktober collaboration with Joey Feldman. He did the labels for it, and she created this black ink that's somehow a little bit smoky and almost has, like, red undertone to it, which if you're a black ink person, you'll know what I mean by that. And... It's very water-soluble and does beautiful things with, like, um, art. But it's just extremely pleasant to use. It's well-lubricated, well-behaved. But she only did it for a limited time. And I would buy that ink over and over again if I could. So, Lisa, if you're listening, just send it to me in a gallon bottle. Yeah, yeah, we'll buy it by the gallon. 55-gallon drum (laughs) if you got it. Just do that. I mean, (laughs) please, it's... I love that ink. It's delightful, and it's, like, what I always want to put in all of my... um, I actually use that in all my Nakayas, because I have a lot of Nakayas that really need black ink in them, in my opinion, because I have, like, pens that have vibes, and the vibes are certain colors, and, yeah. (laughs) I dig it. (laughs) What's next? Um, Paul. Pakulish? I wonder if that P is silent. Uh, no, it's, it, his name is Paul Coolish. Oh. Oh. <laughs> On Instagram, he's at P Coolish, K-U-L-I-S-H. And Paul I was says, like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> what new and innovative products would you like to see come to market? Uh, and while not particularly innovative, what I am like begging for is a 20 or 30 or 40 pin yes, case. Yes. That uses sle- individual sleeves instead of those stupid elastic bands. Like, mm-hmm. and like the guy, the guy to do it is Rick, Mark. is Mark from Rickshaw. And I've asked him for a soft plush lined, basically like take one, like take like four of his little pen rolls, lay them out inside of a book and make the whole thing zip or snap or Velcro close. I don't care how it closes. But give me mm-hmm. a 30 or 40 pen case or whatever um, that is plush lined because, you know, the I can't elastic. Do the elastic, it's killing me. Well, the elastic bands, um, they wear out over time. They're, they're, they get stuff stuck in them and they'll scratch your pens. They're known to put pressure on pens and cause warping. They've damaged a Rushi. There's all these like horror stories about them online. Um, and I just. I mean, yeah, they're great. They're they're fine. Um, but I think having a pen book with sleeves is the mm-hmm. way to go. 
we have talked about this so much and oh my gosh. I drew it and sent it to Mark one day. So all of you guys, Mark knows. (laughs) Mark is aware and I'm throwing Mark under the bus and I love Mark. We have a great relationship, but I'm throwing Mark under the bus. So if anybody wants one of these, you need to message him and be like, I heard you basically shut the door on Matthew and you need to make it Don't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Just say we want a larger pen case with the plush lining. Because all my Arushi are in the plush. I love the plushy plushy. Um, And that's like funny because you want that and I want that too, but I also want like a top zip small pen case that is like you unzip the top and when you open it there's like somehow like three rows of pockets. I can see it in my head and it's kind of like how I use my Sinclair but not exactly. But they would you would load it from the top and it's like three, three, and three and you zip it closed and it's all plush lined. It's in my head, I can't explain it. But I want it leather with the plush interior. Mm, okay. I want I want a leather pen case with a plush inside and i don't so what, know how i'm gonna get it what i think you need to do is order three three pen koozies from rickshaw and then have a leather smith leather smith leather worker leather leatherette leather leather <laughs> i like leatherette guy, leather man <laughs> it's a leather leather woman leather person leatherette <laughs> down in your leather regions oh um, my god stop no <laughs> Have a leather smith make you a case that'll hold them. I can't. I can't. Leather regions. Leather regions. <laughs> that should be whoever does this tagline. A case for your leather regions. We'll be back after Catherine calms down. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> okay, focus. Whew. That's what I want. That's what I want. I've been saying it for a while, and that's what I want. And um, what other new and innovative products? There was another. What? I, I mean, that's it for me. A, like a 30-pin case or 40-pin case or whatever, however many pins it holds, yeah. it's got a plush lining, and it, it's like the size of a like an A4 notebook. That'd be fantastic. I'm all for it. Okay. What's this next one? Andrew and Everett. These are your friends. Yeah, Andrew and Everett. Uh, So Andrew and Everett run the 40 and 20 podcast, which is a podcast about watches. Uh, So if you guys are into watches at all, definitely check out 40 and 20. Super personable guys. Really approachable podcast about affordable watches and um, affordable horology. And they just teamed up with... The Watch Clicker, which is a well-known watch blog, and they're now this extremely dynamic duo trio because they were two and one, and now they're three. Anyway, they're um, incredible podcast. But Andrew and Everett, um, Andrew and Everett are a little bit into pens, so they've asked me fine liners, and do I have any favorites? And I do. Um, so of the you do. <laughs> yeah, so the Schmidt. Fine liner is probably my favorite. Uh, I get them. I actually buy my Schmidt fine liners from Kara's Customs because they have the best price on them and they're readily available. Uh, they come in black or blue. They're roughly the same size as a Pilot G2 gel refill, so they're 110 millimeter. Um, the model number on them is it's Schmidt Fine Liner 6040. 
Uh, so we can put a link in the description below or description about the show notes, whatever you call them. Uh, description below. I'm used to YouTubing. YouTube. I'm not a podcast expert. I'm terrible at this. Um, so the Schmidt uh, Fine Liner is my favorite. Uh, my second favorite, uh, but much more expensive, is the Mont Blanc Fine Liner. Uh, so good. And it comes in some really fun colors. They actually make it in purple. Uh, and they're what? Pur- I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, their purple fine liner is real pretty. Um, oh, cool. Yep. So, but the Mont Blanc ones are expensive. It's like 18 bucks for two, where the Schmidt ones are like, you know, I don't know, four or five bucks a piece. Four bucks a oh. piece. So, uh, pretty significant price difference, but I definitely love both. So, I really like the Copic fine liner. Do you? Oh, yeah. The so, those are that... refills. Yeah. If I had to pick like a fine liner pen, yeah, Copic. But they have the metal fine liner pen that is for their refills. It's like the upgraded pen. It's like $10. And it's like a silver metal, and you can put the refills in the different tips. Yeah, I like that one Copic a lot. Copic fine liner is so good. I think um, Brad Dowdy really likes the Copic fine liners a lot. I wear out those tips, though. Yeah, you write hard. I do. Well, I, well, I don't use them as much anymore, but when I was hardcore into bullet journaling, I... <laughs> I did. I did write hard. Yeah. Also, there's a cat in my lap. I don't know if you can see him. I can see him. I can hear him. Can you hear him? Probably picking up on my I podcast. Ho- Great. The podcast is ruined because your cat is so loud. If you hear cat purring sounds, it's just because my my most needy boy has decided he would like to reside in my lap for the duration of this podcast. Yeah. So totally Andrew and Everett, 40 and 20, you guys check them out if you're into watches even a little bit. They're real good. So the next question comes from uh, Stephen Britton on Instagram. He, I think this question is really interesting. He said, for a new nib grinder, at what point would you trust them to grind your nibs and pay them to do it? Would you want samples of their grinding? Would you need to know they had done some sort of instruction with Mark Bacchus or Richard Binder? Would you wait until you heard by word of mouth that their work was good enough? Um, I think this question is fantastic because I, yeah, I love this question. I love it, and I think that the the answer is like it totally depends. Um. At at what point would I trust them and pay them? I mean, I would say like a lot of times I've tried out other people's grinds from that nib grinder, and that's how I know that they were what I wanted. Um, it does help if I know that they've worked with someone else who I trust and really respect their grinding or I like their kind of grinding. Um, I think generally if it's somebody who is totally unknown to me, I would like to try out a grind of theirs. Although I was talking to you and I don't really know how I got CY to grind my limited edition sailors, but... The first time he ever sent me anything from Japan, he put a Naganata grind on my limited Bungu box Riallo and a reverse architect on my Hachimonjaya one. <laughs> like, he ground three pens of mine, and I had never had anything from him or tried anything from him, and I don't remember how that came to be. I, yeah, he... I mean, I think for me, I'd need to either see a sample... Um, or maybe, you know, if it's somebody I hadn't worked with before and that was fairly new to it, if, if there was a chance that they were going to be, and I know, I know this is current conditions, we don't have pen shows. Um, right. 
But, you know, if, I think if they were going to be at a pen show and I could at least sit down and try it and let them sort of rework it uh, until it got to mm-hmm. the point where I was happy with it, um, you know, I'd be willing to take a chance with maybe a less expensive pen or a pen that was, you know, basically like a Yovo holder. So, you know, mm-hmm. something that I could buy a $20 steel nib and pop it in there, you know, I mean, I probably wouldn't take them a, you know, a $1,000 limited edition pen. Um, right. But something that's easy to replace the nib in, like a, you know, a Twisby or, or a custom pen that just uses a Yovo standard nib unit. Um, right. I'd be, I'd be fine to take a gamble on, on a nib grind. Uh, I mean, worst case yeah. scenario is you got to buy a new nib, right? So... Um, so I think approaching it from, from that perspective where maybe you, you give them a, give them a shot with a pen that that's at at worst, you're out the cost of an inexpensive nib, um, is a pretty good way. Um, and you and I are both really accustomed to looking at nib photos. So like to see up close pictures of nib grinds and then like samples of the writing can really help me get a sense. And I think that was part of how I really came to trust CY is, you know, he posts these, macro photos of the whole shape of the nib and then associated like writing samples like written and him writing with it which is how like he had never done a monoline nib before but he messaged me and was like hey I got this nib in for you it's really stubby and you don't like stubs would you be open to this weird thing and I was like sure go for it and he like sent me all these cool pictures of like how the grind was and like just seeing that he has that concept of like how the nib should look and then like that it does right that way is really cool and I think that is a big thing for me because obviously I can't go to Japan to like have him tweak it you know sure right yeah he he did a uh he did he did a CY we're talking about um Tokyo Tokyo Station pens Tokyo Station pens um he's he's a great resource for uh, limited edition sailors uh, from Japan and uh, I mean, he's he's where we get most of ours. So, uh, yeah, but he's, he, he's a great he's nib grinder, <laughs> and, and he did a Naganata grind for me on a on a Rialo I just got from Japan from him. Um, that is just stupid good. It's phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. really unique and and fun. Um, and I think that actually is a great transition to our next question from Zach. Um, who lives what in are Indy. some good grinds? Yes, he's my friend. He's been to my... You met him. He I came to meet, my house. Yep, I met Zach at <laughs> ZD Shoemaker. Is he a shoemaker? I think that's his name. His family were shoemakers at some point. Leathersmiths. <laughs> For his leather regions. For their leather regions. <laughs> <laughs> he asked, what are some good grinds for making everyday writing fun, particularly for a side writer? Go ahead, Catherine. It's you. It you. It's me. It me. I'm a side writer. For those of you who don't know, I do with my right-handedness what a lot of left-handed people do. So it's much more common to be a side writer if you're a left-handed. Basically, instead of the like top of the nib being parallel with like a horizontal line across the page, I hold it so if you drew a vertical line on the page, the top of the nib is like equal with that. So I basically write with the nib at like a 90 degree angle turned. Um, So I'm almost like dragging it. It's very weird. So for me, I love architects, Naganata grinds, and like hybrids in that realm of things because for me, they make my handwriting look like a stub and they're the Naganata especially I find more forgiving 
um, than an architect in terms of rotation because I tend to sometimes end up rotated in a really weird angle. So for me, I would always pick a Naginata or an architect, and that's predominantly my entire collection. Although I did get that um, monoline nib recently from CY, and it is so funky and weird, and it is like a totally different thing to add to my collection. It's like a, for a header only. It's not like a novel writing. It makes my writing huge, but it's really fun. What do you think? What are your favorite grinds? So I'm a big fan of, um, you know, Sailor Zoom nibs or, um, you know, CY's Naginata. Uh, but um, my favorite grind to date, uh, and I have a couple of them, is the Blade grind from Mark Bacchus. Um, mm -hmm. It is, you know, it so gives good. you some of the properties of an architect where you get that... Um, if you write normally, if you don't, if you're not a side writer, uh, if you write in a more of a standard or traditional format, um, you get a thinner vertical and a thicker horizontal. Uh, but if you rotate mm -hmm. the pen 90 degrees, obviously you get the thicker vertical and the thin horizontals. Um, so I just think it's a really versatile grind. And I think the blade is a little more forgiving than an architect. An architect, mm -hmm. um, Mark Bacchus actually has a great resource on his website, a little shameless plug here, but I illustrated Mark's <laughs> grinds, um, very simple line drawings of what each grind looks like. And blade grinds and architects are almost the exact same, except an architect is um, basically a flat 45 degree angle or whatever mm -hmm. your writing angle is. You know, Mark will ask you that. Mm -hmm. um, whereas a blade has a little curve to the front of it. So um, as you write more vertically the line is finer and the, the more you sort of angle down towards the paper um, it gets a little more broad and so it's very reminiscent of a Naginata. Mark doesn't call it a Naginata he calls it a Naginata style uh, but I think mm -hmm. his name for it is the blade grind um, and for me that's my favorite because it works for a variety of writing styles and it can be mm -hmm. a really fun versatile nib depending on how you rotate it and how you use it. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I are both in that in that range because like an architect, Mark's blade, and a Naginata, they're all like in a in the similar realm of things that are very flexible with your angle. And the architect is the least forgiving, but like they're all very expressive yeah. um, grinds. Especially the blade and the Naginata are very expressive, and I like that. Because um, you get a lot of line variation. And I'm a lazy writer, which is why I don't like an architect. Because an architect, yeah. much like a cursive italic, and I like a stub, but I don't like cursive italics because I'm, I'm a pretty lazy writer. Um, I don't keep my pen rotated the proper way when I'm writing. I just, I'm a little bit sort of haphazard and lazy. My style changes a lot. My handwriting changes a lot. Um, so for me, the blade, the blade is the most fun. It's really versatile. Um, I just like it a lot. I love that. And um, in the feeling of nibs, there's one last question before we get into our other topic. And it's from M. Lee or Fist Lee on Instagram. It says, if you are going to buy the Sailor Cocktail 10th anniversary set, which nib would you pick? F, FM, or M? Oh, medium. Hands down. Medium. Yes, the most <laughs> versatile again. Medium. Um, yeah. Medium. But, oh, God, how much? Oh, I would love... I, you would freak out 
I know. You want it because you want the Blue Lagoon. I just want the Blue Lagoon out of it. No, no. There's a couple you... that I want out of it. I want the Blue Lagoon, and there's like a couple others that I would take out of there. Which but, other ones would you have uh, out of it? I don't know the names of all of them, but there's that one that's sort of like yellowy green with like a translucent The one I cap. have, Apres Ski? No, no. I don't know. I'll have to... Well, oh. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they're... Yeah. Yeah, they're... We're not doing that, but... <sighs> that's, you that's just what, want like 2500 bucks or something? Yeah, it's a lot. It's... It's not, I mean, f- per pen, it's a great price, but... Yeah, it's like 250 bucks per pen. So if anybody wants to get the 10th anniversary set and they don't want their Blue Lagoon, I will give you monies for you, a Blue at this Lagoon point, with a medium You kind of don't care what the price, I mean, within reason. You just really want a Blue I Lagoon. Really I mean, that's all Lagoon. you've talked about since I've known you, and we cannot find you one. No. Every one I've found has been like six. I, I think the last one I saw was like six hundred and twenty-five dollars on Reddit. And, and it like, sold before you could even. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't even like message the person about it to see like if they'd like accept my child in exchange. Yeah. <laughs> or like my car. And we found a couple people who have them, but they're like, "I will never sell this," and it's like, "God, why?" <laughs> Yeah, somebody was um, reached out to me on Slack and offered me a trade, and they gave me a couple options of what they were looking for in trade. And I was willing to just outright buy the pen or buy what they wanted in trade and have it shipped to them, but I couldn't even find what they wanted in trade. So Yeah, they wanted rare stuff too, they which I, you can kind of name your price because that's such a rare and unique pen. Yeah. But if any of you have a Blue Lagoon you're willing to sell to Matthew, uh, let us know. Message me. We'll let him know, but yeah. Because I'm getting ready to refinance my house. That cash out refi, so I'm about to be flushed with cash. <laughs> Not really. Actually, I have to pay off debt with that You money, have to so pay don't. off your debt. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew's on a debt eradication journey. Ignore him. But if you have a blue lagoon, please let us know. <laughs> no one's going to sell that to us. But in that vein, so both of us love the Sailor Medium and the Sailor Broad Nibs. And that's why we wanted to talk about why do we love Sailor? We talk about it, and we will continue to talk about it a lot because it's both of our favorite brands, I think. Yeah, I carried a Sailor today and yesterday. Yeah, I do too. I carry, I carry so a Sailor almost every day. I think that, you know, we love Sailor for a lot of reasons, but the reasons for us are, like, they're aesthetically beautiful. The shapes are pleasing, comfortable to write with. They're unique. But the writing experience for you and I, like, I love the feeling of a sailor nib. So I actually have a, um, I have a YouTube channel for anybody that doesn't know, and, and we can link to this in the show notes. But I have a video about the Sailor Pro Gear and why it's my favorite pen, and, and it covers a lot of this. It answers. It's a, it's a pretty long video. It's about seventeen minutes long. Um, so if you want to add another seventeen minutes to your pen journey when you listen to this, uh, you can tack mm-hmm. that onto the end of the episode and listen to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for me, um, it, it is. It's the size, you know, the, the colors. I mean, there's a sailor for everyone. Whether you want yep. a traditional black and gold or black and rodium cigar shaped or, or, or with the Sailor flat Pro top. Gear, the flat top. If you want something very traditional, very understated, very classy and elegant, you know, they've got that. Um, or yep. if you want something flashy, if you want a piston filler, if you want something made out of hammered metal, I mean... There are so many special editions, so many rare ones. There are multiple sizes. You've got the the Slim Mini and then the Mini. And then you've got this Pro Gear Slim, the Pro Gear, the Pro Gear King of Pen, 
You got the 1911S, the 1911, and the 1911 King of Pen. Um, yeah. You know, and and so there are there's a there's a shape, there's a size, there's a color for everyone. You know, just depending on how much you're willing to spend on it, obviously. But um, and and really though, for me, the big one, aside from aesthetics, aside from variety, it comes down to the writing yeah, experience. Yeah. Um, I have yet to have a bad writing experience with a sailor out of the box. Yeah. Um, yeah. It hasn't happened to me yet. Uh, and I've used every nib that Sailor offers, uh, except for their specialty nibs. Um, and we should put a caveat to both of us prefer hard nibs. Yes, because I write a little bit harder than I write with a little more pressure than I probably should with a fountain pen. And I probably do too, especially because I rotate and like write sideways and stuff. I think we both prefer firm nibs so we are not in it for the big bouncy soft gold nibs that's just like not our jam no. and both of us are very happy with steel nibs a lot of the time yeah um, some of my favorite nibs. do you except mm -hmm. for sailors you love sailors yeah well they're basically steel nibs yeah <laughs> because they're very firm and they give a different feeling than any other nibs i have like even then platinum or other Japanese is because like, I tell people it feels like writing with a pencil, like a graphite pencil. Mm -hmm. It's feedback, but not in an unpleasant way, but in a most delightful, you feel yourself connecting to the paper kind of a way. And for me, I love that. And I have mm, sailors. I don't know how many. It's a lot. And I 30. love every single nib. It's more than that. For, for, for me, the sailor writing experience is almost, um, it's almost like an ASMR thing because it, sound, uh -huh. it sounds good, it feels good. There's like a mm -hmm. sort of tactile, almost vibration that comes through the pen body when you write with it, uh, depending, yeah. on your, depending on your paper. Um, actually, my favorite thing, my favorite writing experience is a Knockco index card with a sailor hard medium nib, just... <laughs> chef's kiss bam there it is there's the chef's kiss and which sailor nib is your favorite so for, for me it would have to just be the sailor medium um i've got yeah. i've had everything from an extra fine to a music um yep the sailor music nibs are fun they're not practical uh the zoom nib is um is nice uh I think for me, though, if I had to pick one and only Sailor nib, it'd have to be the medium. And me too. Um, going a little off topic, the my the only other nib that I've ever found that I like as much as a Sailor and that might actually be like direct competition for a Sailor is an Aurora nib. Aurora is yeah, you love your very, Aurora. Yeah, I bought an orange Aurora from Dan over at the Nib Smith, uh, Dan Smith, and um, the nib is like oof. It's, I wrote with it, and it's delightful. It I is, agree with you. It is so similar to a sailor nib. It's it's unbelievable, and um, so it's so good. It's so good. So for anybody out there that has an aurora that maybe doesn't have a sailor, I, you'll like a sailor. The, the, the feeling is almost exactly the same. Yeah, except for the at least on the those aurora flex nibs. You know, they're different. Uh, yeah, neither of us will go for a flex nib unless we're specifically writing with flex calligraphy, and then we're gonna pull out like something on purpose for that. But yeah, no. So that kind of segues into you just got some new sailor pens in from Japan. Um, they've been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With shipping being so wonky and stuff, you know, see why yeah. I held on to them for us. But 
back in March, um, right around the time the pandemic started, um, he actually went to Marzen and got each of us a pen by Shishikura. She's a a person who does these very limited uh, pens in Japan. They're sailors and they're known for being like glittery and fabulous. And so I got the one, oh gosh, the name escapes me, but it's clear with chunky glitter of like blue and purple and green and gold and it has a gold grip section and gold furniture. I know, crazy, right? Who am I even? Yeah, and you she went, got you broke, you, you broke away from the rhodium. Only for that pen. It's amazing. But she got you, or he got you from her, the Moonlit Cherry Blossom. Which is just <laughs> unreal. Like, in person. Describe it. You can't, like, you can't even see it in photos. So, it's this, like, navy blue body with that, that has a little bit of, like, a... Shimmery. La, like a shimmery lame, is that the right word? Like a little yes. bit of like, it's got a, just the, the, the tiniest hint of shimmer uh, to mm-hmm. it. And then it's got these like milky yellow sort of semi-translucent cream colored finials. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cap is this translucent pink, pink with <laughs> like this, It's but it's not, it's like a, like a, fleshy dusty like rose pink it's such an odd color with like gold sparkle in it and then the grip section is um gold it's metal it's a metal grip section it's gold Mm -hmm. um and all the hardware on it is gold and then the nib is this really beautiful very plain solid gold nib with these beautiful little cherry blossoms etched on it it's like Mm -hmm. i mean it is eye candy if there was ever a pen that was eye candy like there's so much to look at and see oh man it's like i remember when i saw it i was like i was like this is so far out of the freaking box for me but i don't even care like i gotta have it and we bought those in march and like we we tend to like get our stuff shipped together because either i mail it or we see each other um more often i just mail it but it's easier to pay for shipping from japan together and so you just got them this week, last week, this week, like three days Monday. ago. Yeah. And I have been dying for you to get it because I opened his pens in my house to make sure they were there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And then what's the other one that you got? So the other one was a Kingdom Note uh, Sailor Pro Gear Rialo Tales of Ganji. Genji, G-E-N-J-I. I'm probably butchering it. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it has some pronunciation that I'm just like, I got that tails of Genji. Like, yeah. <laughs> just totally like southern, southernizing it. Um, and it is a, it's a stunning pen. It's this sort of like slate blue. Um, and it has these uh, kind of slate hunter-y or it's a funky like, color green. It's kind of green, grayish green. Um, and it, it, mm-hmm. So the end finial and the grip section are this green color. And then the, the finial on the cap is um, gray, which is very similar to the Lighthouse American, North America exclusive sailor. Um, color, so sort yeah. of a sort of a semi-translucent milky gray. It's odd. It's real pleasing. 
Um, the the blue with the green is uh, woof. Good. And the Rialo is their piston filler, and it's a pro gear, so it's still got the flat ends, but it's like longer in the back for the piston. Yeah, so the yeah the piston has, is a little bit longer than a standard. So it actually for me for me it's like the, the pro gear Rialo is the perfect pen. <laughs> and that one color wise is such your vibes, and you got one of CY's Naganata grinds on it, and it mm -hmm. looks like you are super loving it. I am. Yeah, I really like it a lot. I kind of it's wish I'd hadn't done that on the cherry blossom. The cherry blossom is just a standard zoom nib, uh, which is pleasant, and I really like it. Um, it's just it doesn't have like that little bit of finesse that a naganata has. That it's just an expressive it. grind. I know my Hachimonjaya is the one I got the second jelly. The second one of theirs, the jellyfish. Um, that was what came in. It was four limited edition sailors, and then a vintage sailor. He did the mono line on for me. And I got it, and it's a Zoom, and I texted him, and I said, don't let me buy any more Zooms unless you're going to grind them. Because I like the Zoom, but it's just, it doesn't have the expressiveness. Expressiveness. Yeah. Expressiveness. Uh, expressiveness. He offered, he offered to grind the, the cherry blossoms. I'm a little bit timid about sending it back over to Japan and then back again with, with the way mail is going. And the, um, that's a whole other, that's probably a whole other episode, right? So... Um, but, but I may send it over to Mark Bacchus and have him put a blade grind on it for me. Yep. And in that kind of realm, I wanted to do one other question before we round it out with our character, Carrie. And, um, I think this is something because people have asked both of us, I think, and, and what do you do if you're thinking about getting a custom Arushi pen? Um, both of us have custom Arushi from a number of artists. So you have Brooks. Yep. Uh, Carolina Pen Company, you have District Urushi, DeWalker, and mm -hmm. you have Bocamundo. She's in Japan. Right. Um, Brooks and DeWalker are both in the U.S. Um, I don't have anything from DeWalker yet, but it's on my list. Um, and I, I was thinking, so you're thinking about getting a custom pen. Like, what should you consider? How do you consider decide? It. How do you consider it? What, what, how do you decide? Consider on Urushi, see? <laughs> So you're thinking your nature This whole podcast has just fallen apart. <laughs> or gotten better? I don't know. Both. You're slurring your speech <laughs> after all that liquid death. <laughs> I'm just getting that much closer to my own demise. It's fine. Um, so I was thinking, you know, each of these individuals can provide you a beautiful Rushi pen, but they all have different um, things that they're really experts in. And so I think that... You should look at all three of them or any other artisan that you're looking at, but those are the main ones that I can think of in my mind. Yeah. I'm sure I'm missing someone, but, you know, look at their sort of portfolio and see what finishes really speak to you because there are certain finishes that Bocamundo does that other people don't really do as much and vice versa, right. you know, and, and Jonathan has all these techniques he's created himself that are unique and same with DeWalker um, and I think seeing who does the finish the most that you want and then consider wait times oh my gosh there's a cat like in the ceiling like behind me i'm so sorry um <laughs> consider the wait times too because i think you know they're all gonna take a different amount of times anywhere from two to three months to maybe six to eight months and so i think you know it, it i think if you're looking at getting custom arushi just 
don't have an expectation on how long it's going to take you. Yeah, you know? I mean, because, you know, it, it, it almost always takes longer than you think it's going to take. Um, yeah, because each layer has to cure and has to be sanded and it's all done by hand. and. Yeah, so... Um, I mean... Yeah, and, you know, I don't know that any one of these artists is any better than the other one. Um, I have work from all three of them, and they're all unique in their own right. Um, yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing, going into Arushi, the, the, the biggest thing you have to understand is that um, these are hand handmade. So whether you start with a, um, a handmade pen body from Jonathan and, and take it all the way from Ebonite Blank to Arushi, or you're sending Dewakar or... Um, Bocamundo or or Jonathan a production pen, you know, um, I think I think the thing to understand is that that these are done by hand. There's going to be some fluctuation in the finish. There's going um, to be I hate use I hate to use the word flaw, um, but they're not, not perfect flaw, just because texture. they're handmade, right? So yeah. texture. Um, there, there's, there's bound to be some irregularity, I guess. And I think that's sort of the beauty in it, right? Is mm -hmm. that you get yeah. this, you get this thing that whether it was handmade from the start or just a production pen, not just a production pen, but a production pen that you've had coated in a Rushi lacquer, um, at, at the end of the day, you've gotten something that's been, that's been, you know, produced by hand, um, in, in some way. So, um, so go into it with, with the expectation that, um, it's going to feel like someone worked on it and spent right. two to six months working on it. And exactly. It's... And my favorite thing about Arushi is that, um, it's very unique and as durable as it is, uh, it gets better with time as you use mm -hmm. it, as it ages, as the finish wears, um, things, uh, when, when I got my sailor Arushi, from Duwakar, which is District Arushi. Um, I had him do a blue-green underlayer with this sort of brownish-gold overtone and brownish-gold and black overtone. Um, the blue-green is becoming much more prevalent with use as I've carried it in my pocket or my shirt or a case. Um, it's gotten a little more prevalent, a little brighter. Um, yeah, it's beautiful, too. So, And also, like... We have sent to Bocamundo and are about to send to her again, um, you know, factoring in the cost of shipping and, like, turnaround time to Japan is something you have to remember. Yeah, if um, you're shipping to Japan, you, you, there's a month right there. In, in mm -hmm. there and back. Right now. You're looking at a month right now. So. Yeah. I mean, just things are different than they were, and it's a lot harder, and everything is slower. Um, and so you just have to, you know, account for the fact that it's just going to take forever to get to Japan. But both of us love her, Bocamundo's work. Um, you have a green Pelican M600? M600, yep. 600. And I have a Sailor Pro Gear and a Mont Blanc 146. And... We um, put our name back on the wait list. So she has a wait list, and then when she's ready to start your project, she lets you know and you ship to her. And uh, we came back up on the list. So um, we love our first pens, obviously, enough that we are getting second pens. So what are you thinking you're going to do? Have you decided yet? I haven't decided. I, I think I'm going to send... I think I'm going to send my, my M800, M805. Um, your M eight oh five. Yeah, the blue M eight oh five. I think I'm gonna send that to her. Um, 
So I'll have the 600 and the 805. Yeah. Nice. Yep. And have you decided which finish you're going to get? <laughs> you still yeah, maybe I will it. do the 146. I don't know. I'm not decided yet. <laughs> He's been doing this for like a week, you guys. <laughs> it's awful. I, uh, I actually bought a Sean Newton Prospector um, specifically because I really loved Matthew's Prospector he got from Jonathan Brooks. And the Prospector I bought is one size smaller. It's the Slim, so it's, like, quite a small pen. It's actually a number five nib, but it's delightful. I'm going to send that over and have her do some rod and work on it, and I'm going to see if I can convince CY to find it a vintage nib to put into it to make it a little more spicy. And um, I also have a 1911 large, just a plain black one with rhodium trim that doesn't have a nib and I'm going to send that over and probably do a, like a non-rotten finish. I know. I know. What? But it's going to be epic. <laughs> it's going to be so pretty. But um, it doesn't have a nib. So again, my friend CY is going to find me a nib for it. <laughs> Good. That's fine. Because Japan. I'm excited. I And I, I think all of you, um, if you like it, it's worth looking into, and it's really a fun way to pr create something unique in your collection that, you know, buying Arushi work straight from Nakaya is so much more expensive. Yeah. And this and, is and, a way to have... As much as I love my Nakaya... Um, you love your Brooks, too. Yeah, I mean, the Nakaya is perfect. Uh, almost in every way it is it's beautiful it's stunning i love it i'm proud to own it it's it's great um but i almost think it it lacks a little bit of the character that i've that i see in in the other pins so i get that um, i'd go as far as to say that the nakaya that that my particular one um just lacks a little bit of that character but you still love it i still love it yeah i wouldn't give it up for the world <laughs> yeah you have a really nice nakaya how about our character, Carrie? Do we want to want to transition into that? Yeah. So neither of our characters this week were <laughs> Carrie and Nakaya. <laughs> we are uh, working on our uh, foray into the office, and we have gone with Jim and Pam, the office's favorite couple. Um, I took this the direction of if they carried a fountain pen, and Matthew, of course, took it more practical and just went with, what is actually what they would carry. <laughs> so what did you say for Jim? So for Jim, I said that he would carry a Parker Jotter. Um, yep. Because no nonsense, <laughs> no frills. It works. It's good. It's easy to find refills for. You know, he probably picked it up at an office supply store and kind of shrugged when he bought it because he's like, whatever, it's a pen, it writes. Uh, either that or he got it, like, <laughs> handed down to him from his dad or some found it in a drawer in the kitchen somewhere. So, yeah, I think you'd go with the Parker Jotter. No nonsense, reliable. Uh, it's Jim. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's 100% the correct answer. When you told me that, I was like, yep, you're right. <laughs> but I thought if he were to have a fountain pen, he wouldn't have a new fountain pen. Okay. And I, was, and I went ahead and answered this, like, from the perspective of a fountain pen, and I think, you know, he wears the same clothes every single day. He bought his house from his parents. Like, it's his parents' house. Like, he doesn't really do anything, like, new. 
So I think he would have a vintage pen that he got from his dad. And I don't think he would do fussy lever fillers. Like, I just can't see him doing a lever filler. Like, I just, there's no way he would have the patience for that. So I think he would probably have a Parker Vacuumatic because he would actually like the functionality of that filling system. And there's so many different ones. He'd probably have a pretty simple one that his dad had had forever. That was my thought. Like black Parker Vacuumatic or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing like super. Yeah, maybe a 51, but. Yeah, I mean, I think a vac would be a, a good vibe for him. And uh, I'll go with Pam. So you, again, took this to be not a fountain pen. I answered the fountain pen. And my perspective is, like, do you guys remember the episode where she, like, randomly bought Aaron an iMac for reception? Yeah, and Andy was and then, pissed. And then Andy got a new computer, and she just, like, dropped all this money on fancy office equipment. Yeah. I think that she would figure out a way to work it into her budget that she needed a nice pen for all of her ordering and all of her various things that she does at work. So I think she would figure out a way to buy herself a pilot vanishing or a pilot decimo. And I think, you know, she, it's useful, it's practical. She could use it for all of her work at work. And I think that she would get the champagne color because it kind of goes with her vibes and her general like tastes, I feel like. And I think she would probably put something in it like Sailor Kiwa Guru, 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 Sailor Kiwa Guru. We don't know uh, what we're talking that, about. This podcast the, the, just lost all credibility. <laughs> the pigmented black ink from Sailor. Because it's like, you know, water resistant, like borderline bulletproof. And it's really good for art because I think she would use it for like sketching and doodles and stuff at work. So I said that she would go with either a multi-pen because she's like the nerdy office girl working the reception desk and she's jotting down calendars and stuff. Um, kind of, you know, she'd have three or four colors in there. Um, or, <laughs> or she would have like a set of microns because she's into art and drawing and so she'd have that for her, for her drawing. The Pigma microns? Yeah, the microns because they're, they're waterproof and, and archival so she could paint over top of them. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> are you yawning? God, um, it's you are late. such it's, an old lady. <laughs> it's it's 9.50. And I worked it's all day. It's late. It's so late. late. I've got to get my rest. <laughs> I can't stay up any longer. I must go to, to bed. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, oh, they're the worst. They're my so offensive. <laughs> what? Nothing. Good night, Catherine. Uh, Good night. Hey, if you guys want to follow us on the socials, we're on the Instagrams. I'm on the gram as Inky Cat Writes. Hey, Matthew. And we are on the interwebs at benttimes.com. And yeah, it's been a really fun time. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.